Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of AWM Capital's NIL podcast series. Today, our guest is Taylor Jacobs, who is currently the compliance coordinator at LSU. Taylor has taken on the lead of, of basically everything NIL for LSU. She's the point person on a lot of activities, whether that's with the business community, student athletes, or other athletic department members. Um, our goal really today is to help our listeners understand what they should be thinking about, whether it's a student athlete, whether it's a business, um, a family member, about NIL on college campuses. You know, Welcome to the show, Taylor. We're excited to have you on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, good. I guess where we should really start off is, you know, tell us more about your role at LSU um, and, and what you do. Um, yeah. So as you mentioned right now, I am the compliance coordinator. So I have my day-to-day compliance responsibilities, you know, your standard complimentary tickets and occasional meals and all of that. But over the last, I guess, 10 months, maybe a little longer since we've been working on NIL, I have become our NIL point person. Um, which means I've taken on all of the name, image, and likeness education, um, monitoring as far as disclosures go, communicating with our staff and our coaches and the community, um, making sure everyone is aware of what is happening in this space. So to give you a specific job description, I don't really have that because it changes every day, (laughs) to be completely honest. Um, But basically just helping us stay ahead in name, image, and likeness. And I guess, you know, we, we talked a little bit before this podcast about how it is changing daily. It's, it's an evolving um, space. How has this process been for LSU and for you since July 1st, 2021 until today? What, what does that look like? I think when everybody, you know, when NIL started, everybody thought one thing. But, you know, as we talk about, it changes every single day. New things are coming. What has that been like for LSU and what has that been like for you? Yeah, it's been exciting. I mean, I'm just gonna say that. I am one that loves a new challenge. I love change. I'm a former student athlete. So just the fact that the student athletes have this opportunity now is super exciting that I get to be a part of that, even in a small piece. Um, So it's been exciting. I will say from the very beginning, before the legislation was passed, I feel that LSU was and is doing a great job at wanting to stay in front. And so we've continued to, you know, come up with ways that we can be better, that we can be the best, that we can help our athletes, that we can be involved in the community, you know, obviously within the legislation. So it's been exciting. It truly has. I think a lot of people, myself included in this department, did not anticipate how quickly this was going to move. I think before July 1st, we were all preparing for changes and what to expect and how we could, you know, what we needed to prepare for. But I mean, it has escalated. Like it has just gone so quick that we're all kind of like, wow, we were not anticipating being where we are now only seven months in. Can you tell me a little bit about NILSU? Um, You know, I think that's something that the branding has been on point. Like you said, you've been, it's been exciting. You're excited to be a part of it. LSU has been, been staying a step ahead of, of everybody it seems. What is NILSU? And then then also tell us, you know, you recently had an event at Tiger Stadium where there were members of the business community, athletic department, coaches there. Can you tell us a little bit about the thought process behind having that event 
Um, and, and then what you've seen as positive benefits of it, you know, for the for the businesses, for the athletes and, and LSU in general. Yeah. So NIL LSU is our NIL program. Right. So we um, I wish I could claim that I came up with the actual name of it, but I can't. But that's why we have one of the best creative teams in the country. Um, so we we are operating our whole NIL program from education to disclosures to social media to events, everything under the name NILSU. And basically what I tell our staff, our recruits, our student athletes is our goal is to provide our athletes with everything they need to feel confident walking into a name, image, and likeness deal. So I want them to understand how they pitch themselves to a brand. I want them to understand how they negotiate a contract. I want them to understand how they speak to a potential employer, which ties into life skills, which is great. You know, we want to we want to know that for life after college in general, but I want them to understand taxes. We spent this morning doing tax education. I mean, it's a, it's so much more than just I'm going to go out and do a deal and make money. There are so many pieces to it. And I think that's something our student athletes have learned over the last seven months is, hey, I'm not just going to get money in my mailbox and call it an NIL deal. Like, that's not really <laughs> what this is about. There's, there's an exchange of service. I have to work for it. I have to do things. Um, and I, I do think majority of them are having a ton of fun doing it because it is new and it's exciting and it's building their brand and all of that. So within NILSU, like I said, we're giving them the tools they need. We're helping them understand their brand versus the LSU brand and how they can build their personal brand and not, you know, not just use the LSU brand um, and just making sure they have the resources that they need really. Yeah. What now you mentioned, you know, taxes and, and it's not just going and getting money out of the mailbox. It's actually doing certain things, um, and you know, uh, under the state law and under NCAA guidelines. Have you seen any big issues or repeated questions that keep coming up for student athletes or or business owners or, or LSU in general that you know our listeners should be aware of? I think the biggest, honestly, you mentioned the Go Time event that we hosted last week. Um, really the goal of that was to create conversations surrounding NIL, right? We wanted people in the community, businesses, donors, everyone to understand that this is okay now. Like this is permissible. It is, it's where we are in college athletics and we're excited about it and we want everyone else to be excited about it. But the most common question, statement, conversation I had at the end of the event was, I didn't realize it was this easy. Like I thought that there were all these hoops I had to jump through with the NCAA and I don't want to make an athlete ineligible and you know, coming from a compliance background, I'm like, I get it. I used to tell you that you couldn't provide coffee to a student athlete because that was an extra benefit. And now I'm literally telling you, you can pay them whatever you want as long as there's quid pro quo there. So um, I think just understanding that it really is simple. Like a business, a, uh, an individual, whoever's going to make that connection with a student athlete and do that NIL deal, just as long as there's that exchange of service, go for it. I mean, there, there are things to think about and the student athletes, they have, this is taxable income now. And I would hope that any business who participates in an NIL deal with a student athlete is obviously aware that we all have to pay taxes and they're going to provide 1099s and whatever documentation that student athletes need. But it's also on us to educate our athletes so that they know what to expect now, you know, just like we prepare them for their exams with the academic center and we prepare them for competition on the practice field. Like I'm just preparing them for this new business venture that they can now engage in. Taylor, you mentioned, you know, the, the event, the NILSU event um, that took place recently. Have you seen an uptick 
in opportunities um, that are presented to student athletes from from businesses since that event? And what, what has the reaction been in the business community? Um, I have definitely seen increased conversation as I have probably spent every hour of the day on the phone with somebody new who now wants to engage in a name, image, and likeness deal. Um, Again, as I said before, you know, I think the biggest thing was people didn't know it was that easy. So now people are like, okay, I want to do this. I want to, I want to engage in an NIL deal. So here's my idea. What do you think? And obviously I can't facilitate, I can't direct them to any particular athlete, but you know, yeah, go ahead, find an athlete that you can engage with and have fun. You know, y'all are going to come to your own terms and just make sure the athlete discloses it to me. And, um, I definitely am seeing way more conversations. So I've seen some more disclosures come in, but the conversations are happening, which is great. I think a couple of things, you know, at, at that event, y'all mentioned there's a portal to find information on student athletes. Um, can you tell us like where that is, what that is? And then also you just mentioned disclosure to LSU. Can you talk about that process as well? Yeah. So the, the disclosure, basically we had a system that we were already working with on campus. And since we opted um, to do our education piece with Altia sports partners, that's who we work with at LSU. Um, we just said we'd build the disclosure in the system we call arms. And it's just something that we use. The coaches use it for recruiting. The student athletes use it for their beginning of the year compliance forms, complimentary tickets. Like it's just something they were familiar with. So we built it out there so that we weren't adding an additional disclosure process for them. Um, it's pretty straightforward, very easy. They just go in there and provide the information of the deal. And that's really it. Um, as far as the other question you asked was just about the, if, if I'm a, a business and I know there was a, a portal or there was information to go find the, the directory, um, who yeah. LSU athletes were. Yeah. Is there a directory? I know you mentioned that. Like how, how does that process work? Yeah. So we're working on something that I think is going to be really cool. Um, it's basically going to be linked to the student athletes bio page on LSU sports.net. So you would go, you could pick a sport and you would just go through the roster and you could click on each student athlete. And then there's hopefully going to be some kind of button that says connect for NIL deals. And the student athletes have to opt in for this in order for me to share okay. their information. So I've been working with them on all of that to you know, help them understand what it is and then they can opt in. And then we can share their whatever social media information, if they have an email that they're operating their NIL deals out of, um, potentially if they have an agent that they're working with that they want you to contact their agent. So um, you laugh because agents are, agents are here now, they are thriving in the NIL space. but. Um, yeah, so it'll have a meeting tomorrow morning on it. So hopefully it'll be up and running in the next week or so. So, so I'm laughing because, um, you know, my background and, and a lot of our listeners do, I, I was an agent for over 10 years. Um, you know, agents, compliant departments, agents and athletic departments haven't always seen eye to eye. And, and quite frankly, when I was an agent, I didn't want you to know who I was. Right. Like I didn't want you to recognize my face. I wanted to have nothing to do with a compliance department, but now things have changed. Can you talk about, what athletes, as far as, hey, they can have an agent now, what does that mean? Is it an agent for just NIL? Is it an agent for negotiating with teams? What can agents do and, and what should student athletes know about having an agent? So agents can now be involved specifically for NIL. So you, student athletes should still not be engaging with an agent for professional contract negotiations or anything past name, image, and likeness. But somebody can have representation to assist them in name, image, and likeness deals. So we've seen agents, we've seen some attorneys that are just family friends that are helping out. You know, um, a lot of 
there's a lot of marketing type companies that are facilitating deals and acting as agents. So we have, we're tracking on all of that. Um, and it's funny because student athletes who like they'll 10 times, one student athlete called me at least 10 times. I was like, are you sure? Can I do this? (laughs) Last year you told me I could not talk to him. Can I do this? I'm like, I didn't tell you you couldn't talk to him. I just told you you couldn't sign anything, but yes, now you can. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. And honestly, I do think that especially those who are really pursuing a lot of deals and social media deals, you know, it's helpful to have that marketing rep or agency acting on your behalf. I mean, just from managing all of the requests that come in, right. You just, I I have class, I have practice. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to dig through all of these opportunities. So I think they're finding that if they know someone or they have someone available, then it's just better to work with them so that they can kind of navigate that space easier. Yeah. What about as far as the agents? Um, do they register with LSU? Do you know, or do they have to contact you first? Um, and, and like, how does that work? Is LSU, I mean, I know LSU can't be involved as like, hey, here's an agent, but yeah. what is your process for monitoring that for student athletes? So, yes, the agent is supposed to register with us same way that they would have registered previously. If they're, it's the Louisiana Sports Agent Act. Is that what it is? You would know better. I was an advisor. I was never an agent okay. until they were out of LSU. So, <laughs> so it's the, they have to operate under that. So they have to register with the university. Yeah. They have to register with the state. Um, agents and attorneys register with the state. And we just keep the paperwork on file and know, you know, we'll do education as to say, like, you're representing this athlete for NIL purposes and NIL purposes only. And there you go. Um, I think where we've seen a lot of gray area, and this is something that I was trying to prepare people for in the beginning, but I don't think everyone realized like how common it would be is these like marketplace type, you know, sites and they really do act as agents. Um, yeah. You're talking about like a match point connection yeah, or, yeah, like you know, I've heard perfect example. They're an awesome resource for everyone, for all of the student athletes, they can log on to the app and find a deal. And most athletes will say that, like I found yeah. this through match point, which is fine in their disclosure. But I don't want to speak for match point, but I think you like a business could work with them on a more like, um, detailed deal and match point will help with a lot more of the content and um just provide more services for the business and the athlete so they kind of do act more as like a marketing rep or agent helping the athlete with facilitator Yeah. yeah um so again you know i don't really have a registration process for match point they aren't attorneys or agents technically but i think it's just us knowing institutionally like we're just tracking on that like the athlete tells me I got this through Matchpoint. Matchpoint, they're great and they call all the time. And so we talk all the time. But there's a lot of those out there too that we just have to be aware of and know, you know, our athletes are using these resources. And I think, you know, the NCAA and everyone, senior administration here, everyone's seeing like, "Mm, this is not so like black and white. It's not like agent and attorney. Like there's mom who facilitates deals for me and there's marketing (laughs) marketplaces and there, you know, so it's just... Navigate, it's evolving. It's it's changing evolving. daily and trying to figure it all out. Every yeah. Day. Like you yeah. said, I mean, this this is crazy just watching the evolution. And, and you know, I, I'm very fortunate in that I get to talk to people like you. I get to talk to people like David Fleshman. I, I know athletes. I know agents. So it's, it's fun trying to put all the pieces together. Um, one thing I was thinking about is for an NIL deal, can a business partner with 
a, a student athlete for a deal that let's say lasts beyond their um, their time as a student athlete. Like let's say I'm a I'm a senior in at LSU right now. I enter into a business contract and I want to do a couple of promotional activities, um, but a couple of those actually extend beyond my eligibility here. Can they do that, or, or is there there's some rule that they should be aware of that says no, this has to end on June 1st of of your senior year? Yeah, so I think technically in the state law it says um, contracts shouldn't extend past a student athlete's eligibility. With that being said, the student athlete could go, you know, be an influencer for the company after their eligibility just as their person, you know, like okay. there's there's going to be restrictions on how they use LSU and the mark and the colors and all of that, which is still going to be applicable to student athletes. And once they graduate, um, most I would say most of the conversations that I've been a part of, people are keeping it within eligibility because there is that guideline in the state legislation right now. But I have talked to multiple businesses who've like followed up after they did an NIL deal. And they're like, hey, I love this kid. Like this athlete is so great. They're awesome. Like I think they're going to stay in town and they want to do X, Y, and Z for me. And I'm like, great. Like you should hire them. Like give them a job. Like hire them full time. And that's what I think we're really trying to teach both the, the community and our athletes. Like use this as an opportunity to meet people. I mean, this is just broadening your network, right? You're able to now communicate with boosters and businesses on a completely different level. Use that, like capitalize on that and take advantage of the people that you know. Like we have a student athlete on the topic of match point. I think, you know, we have several student athletes that do things with them and look at, they're thriving. So if you're interested in doing something in this space, maybe that provides a job opportunity after college. I don't know. I don't know if that's what they want to do, but I just think that there's a lot of, it's, it's just creating so much good exposure in the student athletes who they're here. And a lot of them are sports management majors, or they have this idea that, you know, I was a student athlete. I had this idea. I wanted to work in college athletics for no other reason than I was an athlete and college athletics would be fun because I like sports. I mean, could I have gone and done a trillion other things? Probably, but this is what I was focused on. And now they can engage in, like I said, these conversations with so many cool people and cool businesses and just see like, wow, there's so much more to life than just, just being sport, an athlete. Just being an athlete. Yeah. Like, you know, I remember the day my retire my day of retirement, I sat there for a minute and I was like, I don't know what to do now. I literally don't know what to yeah. do with myself. And this now it's they, sh- they should have a little black book of things to do. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think that's great because at the very beginning, you're talking about, hey, we want to prepare our student athletes, not just for college and not just for these deals, but, you know, for life moving forward. That- that's part of this process. And I've always been a proponent and said, look, you know, you go to, uh, and-, and we'll use LSU because that's where you're at, but you go to LSU and, and you're a-, a good person, you're part of the team, um, you know, you're going to likely have opportunities after, you know, your, your playing days are over because of the people you met. I think this just accelerates that. Like you just said, like this accelerates you not only getting to know other business people, but getting to know businesses and actually having, you know, partnering and having a relationship. And I think it's great that, that you are at the forefront of, of kind of branding and helping educate the student athletes um, on that process. Now, w- with that being said, I want to change, I guess, direction a little bit you know we've talked a lot about the LSU student athlete who's currently there what about a prospective student athlete let's say it's a player that's because we all know that they're committed well in advance of actually showing up on campus and getting to know who you are or or once they sign even are there certain things that that 
LSU or any other university can provide prospective student athletes that might have committed or might have already signed to help them understand as far as resources on on what NIL is? How do you all help them out or or can you all? Yeah, so right now it's pretty common for me to meet with recruits when they come on campus for visits and I give the NILSU presentation. I tell them what it's about. I tell them what our, our goals are here at LSU with NIL. Um, and oftentimes the parents all have questions and want to know more. So we're actually working on building out some kind of like parent packet that would be a resource for recruits as well as, you know, as soon as they enroll here, I'm a new student at LSU. What do I need to expect? I mean, now it's a thing. I feel like the last seven months we were so focused on helping our student athletes understand like, okay, it's live. Like now you can play the game and now you can participate. But now, you know, we have, we have incoming um, student athletes that when they get here, it's like, okay, like I've heard about it and I know I can do it, but what do I do? So yeah, we are able to provide them resources, education, making sure they're aware of how our state law reads, because it is when they're a student athlete here, they operate under the Louisiana state law. Um, which is confusing. I mean, I had a parent who they're from Florida and she called and she was like, well, do I operate under the Florida law or the, the Louisiana law? And I'm like, well, when you're a student athlete here, you operate under the Louisiana law. It's like boots on the ground. It's kind of how we saying it, wherever your boots are on the ground. Um, so it, I think we just need to be very intentional with making sure they have everything that they need. So now, like I said, our big focus is making sure our student athletes feel confident, but I also need mom and dad to feel confident that their student athlete is being taken care of because just like you want to feel confident that they have a good dorm and they're eating and the coach is a good human and taking care of them. Now it's like, okay, you know, are you teaching them about their money? Are you teaching them about taxes? Are you teaching them all the things? So trying to provide as many resources as we can, I guess. Yeah. Speaking about money and taxes, obviously that's what as AWM Capital is a family office, that's that's what we do. And that's really the reason behind this podcast is is just an education and learning experience. What is that process like for current and prospective student athletes for LSU? How are y'all going about teaching them about taxes? How are y'all teaching them about money and, and what it means? Is there do y'all have those programs in place or are y'all still developing that out? So our life skills program on campus already was doing a bunch of this before NIL was a thing they're educating on life after college and what life skills you need. So financial literacy was a big piece of that. So I worked very closely with them to utilize the resources that they were using. Um, We do have someone that we're using right now as our, I guess, education provider. And so I just kind of got looped in and was like, Hey, like NIL is a thing. And we need to speak specifically to it because there is going to be a little bit of disconnect when you're just teaching someone about starting a bank account and managing your money. And they're not thinking, oh, all of this new NIL money I'm getting. They're just (laughs) thinking it's another education session. So I want to make it engaging and fun. And I want them to understand like, okay, you just made $10,000 on NIL deals this year. Like now what are the implications of that? Um, Because it's taxable income and Prior to this, they've gotten their scholarship money, which is handled differently. So, you know, I think just making sure, again, that we're putting it all out there, making sure everyone's aware. Because if nothing else, if I'm putting it out there and they see like, oh, they're educating on NIL and taxes, maybe I should think about that. If nothing else, they'll call me to say, hey, I saw you did this. What do I need to know? And 
at least it creates a conversation. So well, let me let me know as soon as you figure out how to make taxes fun. Yeah. When you figure out that program, just go ahead and, and, and slip me all the information because that's something that's never fun and we can't ever figure out how to make that enjoyable for anybody. So when you figure that out, feel free to call. It's actually been it's been a huge learning process for me too, because at full disclosure, my husband does our taxes. Like I know nothing about numbers <laughs> and finance. Like my brain is creative and writing like no financial stuff. And so I've, I've been listening to these sessions and I'm like, huh, I wonder if we do that. <laughs> like, I don't know. No, that, I'm very fortunate, obviously, at AWM. We have a full tax team. And so those guys get all the questions I ask all the time. And sometimes I'll slip in some personal ones as well. But I get to rely on a full team of CPAs to basically answer anything. And for me, it's been helpful on this NIL side as well because it, it is new and it's, it's 1099 income and W-2 income. And what are the ways that that you can really utilize this to your advantage. So um, anyways, that's just been a very interesting and learning experience, not just for for me, but for student athletes and then our guests as well. Um, You know, one thing you you mentioned is you said, hey, this is the the law that's in in Louisiana right now. And and these are the current rules at LSU. Um, And I know in in some of our past podcasts with our guests, we've talked about possible changes. Um, Is there anything that you're anticipating you know, as far as changes to SEC rules, LSU rules, um, maybe even state laws here in Louisiana that that might change some of this. And I mean, I know you probably you might not be able to comment on that, but are there any anticipated changes um, that you see and how could that affect student athletes? This is such an interesting question. I don't know. Let me speak to the conference and the NCAA first. I don't think the conference is going to come in and do anything specifically. I think the world is waiting to see how the NCA reacts to this year of NIL being allowed. Um, yeah. There's been so many stories and tweets and things that, in my opinion, as a compliance officer, I feel like are direct violations of the intention of NIL, but that's not how the NCA wrote the legislation, really. Um, so I think it'll be very interesting Personally, do I think they're going to add more guidelines? I don't know because I think the area is so gray and I think they probably are like, I don't, you know, is this working? Let's keep our hands off this. Let everybody else make the mistakes first. And, you know, I don't, I know plenty of great people at the NCA, so I'm not saying like, I just think that it's, it's just a very touchy subject. So I don't know. Um, As far as state laws, um, I don't know exactly how much I can really speak to, but I know conversations are being had. I mean, the world has seen certain states have amended and repealed and all the things with their laws. So the conversations are being had amongst, you know, people. And I, I think that I anticipate, yes, there being state level changes. Yeah. And I think I think one of the things that we've seen is the state laws were put in place before NIL was even able to happen. And then reacting to what what has taken place um you know some states are seeing like oh hey this is beneficial or not beneficial to a student or, or possible you know prospective student athletes that might come into our state so i think there's a lot of conversation just like we talked about hey changing daily evolving the states themselves are seeing the same thing you know with the state laws yeah i think casey mentioned that at the go time event casey from altia sports but like i feel like at the beginning of it everyone who implemented state laws like we all thought we were on like the one yard line right like we were like we're here we're ready to go it's great and then on june 25th when the ncaa 
basically implemented two rules. Everyone who had a law with all these strict rules now went back to the 50 yard line and all the states who didn't implement laws are like, well, cool. We only have two rules to operate under. Like we don't have anything. So um, it's yeah. really easy for those compliance departments. <laughs> yeah. Part of, but like you said, just the ever changing, like, you know, we just have to learn what works best and what at the end of the day, what's best for our student athletes. Like well, I want to be able to help them and give them what they need. So let's make sure we can do that. Yeah. Well, Taylor, I really appreciate, you know, the, the time that you've spent on here and, and helping us understand a little bit more about what student athletes, prospective student athletes, businesses, agents, everybody should think about around NIL. Um, I guess one last parting question or, or piece of advice um, for anyone listening to this that, that might be a current student athlete, might you know be a prospective student athlete, anybody involved. What is, I guess, one lasting piece of advice that you would give to anybody listening to this podcast about NIL? Or, or is there you know, anything that you would say, hey, look, go to this resource or go to this state law? Like, What, what would you say is, is one last piece of advice that you'd give? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I feel like I have a book of advice. P- putting you on the spot there. <laughs> I think it's don't be scared. Don't be scared to engage yeah. in it. You know, that's applicable to our student athletes. It's applicable to businesses. I, this, is, this is the new era. It's very exciting. There's a lot of exciting things that I believe are going to come from it and will have come from it, will continue to come from it. Um, So don't be afraid. I tell our student athletes, don't be afraid to enjoy it. Don't be afraid to engage in it. And I would say that to anyone who's looking to engage in a deal. Don't be afraid to do it. And if you have questions, that's what we're here for. Call us. We're here. We're happy to help. Um, We'll help make it easy for you. But just don't don't be afraid of it. Good. Well, look, we really appreciate, you know, you taking the time out of your day. Um, And and for our listeners, you know, go look at our show notes. We're going to actually put our contact information, uh, no personal cell phones. I know that was kind of a joke at the the NIL event, but uh, we'll put my contact information, Taylor's contact information, email so that you can reach out to us. And if if there's questions you might have about NIL, um, please feel free to reach out to us. And if there's certain things that you would like to see on future podcasts, um, topics or, or something that's come up, please reach out to us. Um, but Taylor, thanks once again for your time and uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision.